0: Welcome to the Draw Shop's Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Oh, listeners, I hope you are ready. Today's show is awesome. And I'm going to tell you right now that you have to listen until the very end. You have to, because if you don't, then you're going to miss out on the very best part of the show. It's all of it is awesome, the buildup to it and everything, but the end is so, so rad. Um, our guest today is In Q, which stands for In Question, and In Q is a National Poetry Slam champion and multi-platinum winning songwriter. Yeah. His groundbreaking performances include selling out the largest one-man poetry show in Los Angeles history, being the first spoken word artist to perform with Cirque du Soleil, and being featured on HBO's Deaf Poetry Jam and ESPN's World Series of Poker. He makes these incredible videos, like one called "The Only Reason We're Alive." You have to watch it. Um, we'll make sure we have a link to that in our blog post, and uh, another one called "The Most Important Vote We'll Ever Cast." And these, like most of his videos, went viral and have like like over six million views combined. It's crazy. We actually had the pleasure of doing one of his poems and turning it into a whiteboard video, so we'll uh, look out for that link as well in our in our blog post. Um, you probably know the song by Selena Gomez, "Love You Like a Love Love You Like a Love Song." Um, he wrote that song, and it actually won him a BMI award, which is so. Amazing. Um, He's also written with other artists, including um, Miley Cyrus, Mike Posner, Foster the People. Um, He also co wrote the official 2014 Coca Cola FIFA World Cup anthem and was most recently featured on Good Life. And, like, he just does, uh, as you can tell, I'm just going on and on. He obviously just does all these kind of crazy cool things and um, his just watch these videos, (laughs) watch how he just freaking commands, like an audience's attention, like no other. It's just, he's so immersive and everything that he says is like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's like, it's just so powerful. And it's, it's very impressive how he does this. Yes. He says, everybody is a poet and, and can do this, um, in terms of telling a story. Um, I'm trying really hard to believe that I have any any part of me that can do that because he's just so freaking genius with this. <laughs> so I'm just excited for you guys to hear this interview. I'm excited, excited for you guys to hear the end of the interview. Um, he's just in so many in, incredible things. And we're going to talk about things like, you know, your own story and what it is that you have to share and how, how you can do that. So many of us think we're not interesting, but... We are, we all have, we all have something and he'll, he'll be a little bit more, um, convincing on that than, than I am. So have a really good listen to this interview. So many little genius bits in there that will, will highlight for you in the blog as well. And, um, please visit his website. We'll tell you what that is. We've got that in the show notes and in the blog post. His videos are just incredible. I'm just telling you, They're, you're going to see why they go viral, and uh, I'm just listen. Hello, InQ, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey! So so excited to be talking to you. It's it's like the coolest thing ever. I remember the first time I saw you was at Archangel. I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And you got up on stage. I had no idea what to expect. And suddenly I was like more emerged than I could ever remember. And it was just like chills, goosebumps, laughing, crying, just an incredible experience with you. So thank you for that and for your for everything that you contribute and all that you do. I think it's just so important. I'm so excited that our listeners get to hear you today.
1: Thank you so much. I feel like we should just end the podcast there. That was great. <laughs> and <laughs> it's done. so <special> downhill, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I just want to like dive in right now because what you do is so unique. How did this even come about? You're, you're a poet, songwriter, you're a rapper. Like, How did this all come together?
1: Um, well, I started out uh, rapping when I was 13, I absolutely fell in love with hip hop and just became obsessed. And then when I was 19 years old, I wound up at an open mic for poets in Los Angeles called the Poetry Lounge which uh, turned out to be one of the biggest open mics in the country. I mean, they have gotten 350 people a week uh, every Tuesday night for years. And uh, it was just a great community. And I started going and putting up my rapping cappella. And uh, over the years, I just ended up becoming more of a poet than a rapper. And, um, and from there, I ended up getting a publishing deal to write songs for other artists. And then very consciously got myself back into poetry, and now I get to kind of travel around the country and the world performing for people, and uh, it's an absolute blessing.
0: So amazing what you do. And I think what's really cool about your story, if you'll share with us, is some of the things you've you've overcome and how you turned it into um, – something where you could actually give back and, and actually embrace this power that you have. I think there's so many, we hear a lot of this in the world of entrepreneurship and artists that, you know, you can take hard moments, you can take failures from the past, heartache and all of that, and to turn it to something awesome. But when you're actually faced with it, it's, it's so much harder to do. It's easy to get motivated when you see somebody else doing it, but how do you, how do you do that yourself?
1: Mm. Can you repeat the question one more time?
0: (laughs) So I think, you know, like people get so inspired when they see stories of people taking something hard from the past and turning it into something good. And I think it's so easy to get inspired. Like you watch a movie and you watch the story of the transformation and it's like, oh, it's so exciting and you get inspired. But when you're really, really in it, it's sometimes it's like, it's like unfathomable that you can even do anything. To turn it around how did how have you done that in the past
1: um well i mean i wouldn't say that i've had an extremely rough uh past or that's not even true what i would say is that i made my past more difficult than it actually was i mean uh i definitely went through different things and uh and yet you know i i literally got back from kenya two days ago and, uh, and I spent I think about two weeks there and before that I was in South Africa and before that I was in Dubai and I mean I've traveled all around the world and you know <laughs> the main thing that I've seen is just basically like massive massive amounts of inequality. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say that it's like love but actually it's just massive amounts of inequality yeah. And, um, and so I don't feel like I had it so difficult. I feel like everybody has things that they have to overcome and everybody's circumstances are valid. But, um, but in looking back and, and having the perspective that I do now, I was very, very lucky. And I found an art form that I fell in love with that gave me an opportunity to express uh, and to have an outlet for whatever pain I was going through. And um, and I was able to alchemize it, and I still kind of use that process today.
0: How often are you coming up with new material?
1: You know, it varies. Uh, if I have an assignment, you know that I'm aligned with, you know, I'm doing a collaboration with somebody, which is rare. I don't take very many of those on because I feel like even if you find inspiration within an assignment. It's different than pure inspiration. Mm -hmm. You do too many assignments, you can kind of lose your voice. And uh, I'm not interested in being like a poet for hire. Um, I'm more interested in just being an artist and then occasionally doing collaborations. But if I do have an assignment that I'm aligned with, then I'll set aside time to do it. And it would be something that I would write anyway. And, uh, And I give the space for the creativity to come through. Um, but if i don 't and it 's just me, I wait until I have something to say. You know, I put in my ten thousand hours a long time ago mm-hmm. uh, i 've just been in this game like twenty years, and uh, for better or worse, I was obsessed for most of it, and so I like forced myself to write or i couldn 't even help it you know
0: yeah
1: and uh, i 'm not in that stage anymore i 'm in the stage where I wait until I have something to say. And then I say it, and I basically will write until I've reached a a point where I don't know what I want to say yet, and then I let it go for a while. And if I live enough, then eventually the inspiration will come through and the piece will write itself.
0: I love it. If you live enough. So once that inspiration hits, like, what does it, what does it look like when you sit down to write? Do you, are you recording it with your voice? Are you writing it out? Like, do you have a process that you go through once you're like, okay, I'm inspired and I'm, I'm going to turn this into something now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I actually don't even know if I answered your question. The reason why I didn't specifically answer is because there's no real schedule to it. Uh, but I was writing something actually right before we jumped on, um, And it started two days ago, and I think I'm about two-thirds of the way through it. Um, But I don't really write from a place of, like, I have to get all of this out. You know, it's not like that. So when I say it's been two days, it's just kind of been in my mind and in my heart for, like, two days. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, collecting information or just, like, awareness of how I feel about this particular subject. And uh, this one came from a conversation i was having with somebody you know where i was basically saying (laughs) that uh that like sometimes i miss my sadness like that i i get so sad without it
0: (laughs) why like what do you mean
1: well because i mean i don't really have very much sadness anymore i've like basically like alchemized a lot of it Mm -hmm. um, over the years but it was with me for a very long time and I would hide it behind kind of like anger and I'd hide it behind happiness but um, it was really just like unresolved emotion that was like trapped in my body based on things I had experienced in the past that I wasn't able to process through and so I was just like chatting with my friend about that and I thought that was an interesting concept that like when you're so used to something being with you when it leaves you even if it wasn't good to have around, you miss it. Yeah. So I was like, sometimes I miss my sadness. (laughs) It makes me sad without it, which is just a hilarious statement. So I started writing this piece uh, about that. And it's really a a metaphor for society and humanity in general, not being able to acknowledge uh, sadness, looking at sadness and vulnerability as weakness rather than strength. And if you look at like a baby, for example, like, The baby will just feel all the emotions that it has. So if it gets sad, the sadness will just like flow through the baby like rain and then it'll like notice something else and then it'll be happy or, you know, get angry, you know, but it keeps moving into the next moment. And then as we become conscious of ourselves, we start holding on to our emotions because we don't want people to see them. Right. You know, or we don't know how to process them ourselves. And then it kind of traps them inside of us and causes more problems and it seeps out in other ways. So that's really like what the piece is about. And, uh, and then it just, I don't know, started, started to come out. So I just get out of the way.
0: <laughs> it's interesting too because I know you'll talk a lot about connection and how people are craving that. And yet they're kind of in their own way and doing things like maybe, maybe not on purpose, but at the same time on purpose to not connect. What do you, what do you think that's all about? Like, it just seems like you've said this and it's so true. People crave connection and so many bad things come from not having and not feeling that connection with someone else or themselves.
1: Yeah, but, but connection is, is scary too.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, and there's actually a lot of bad things, I mean, in quotation marks, that come from connection. And that's why people are scared of it. Uh, but it's always worth it, in my opinion. You know, it's always worth it to to connect. And if you don't take your emotions so seriously and you don't take the lessons that you're experiencing so seriously, then it can kind of be a ride. Yeah. You know? um, and you can throw your hands up and, and enjoy, you know, all of the highs and, and all of the lows. And, and you can kind of stay in the center, uh, even when you're on that ride. And I'm talking to myself, too. You know, I'm, I'm certainly not above that. And I... I I choose to, uh, reapply that to my life every single day.
0: So I remember, um, I think it was, I didn't get to participate in this, but somebody had told me about it and I think it was at, it might've been at summit where you did a workshop on storytelling Mm -hmm. and like so many people that I know who went to it afterwards were just like so blown away by their experience with it. Awesome. Can you share with us what you did? Um, everyone?
1: I'm not going to give away my tree. Oh, dang it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just think that when you provide, I mean, I'm not sure which one you're referring to. So did-
0: I think it had something to do with like, I don't, I think it was maybe like recreating the stories that they had for themselves.
1: Yeah. I think that everybody is a poet. That's just my belief. I think that every single person is a poet and every single person has a story to tell. And I think that that's what the world needs most right now is people telling their stories, because when you tell your story, it makes other people feel less alone and it creates empathy and the world needs empathy right now. And it needs us seeing behind the ideologies and the differences to the things that connect us, which is our human experience. And, uh, So when I get a chance to do a workshop, I just basically provide people with the space and hopefully the inspiration to share something that's meaningful to them. And I do a few poems to set the stage and then I give them a prompt where they can write on something themselves. And you know, that sounds fucking horrible, to be honest. I mean, most people that like come to these workshops, either they're really into it or they're like, I don't wanna do that, that sounds like homework. But it winds up being the most incredible experience because people really are starving to express themselves in new ways. Mm -hmm. And so if you give someone the space and the permission to do it and you come from a place of celebrating their story, no matter what it is that they say, uh, people are willing to fly. And, you know, when when you give them room to fly and and there's no ceiling, they will go very, very high and they will really uh, support each other in expressing whatever it is that they have to express. So people have kind of transformational experiences and uh, I don't take any credit for that. It's just basically providing a space for them to transform themselves.
0: I think it's so important that people, you know, include themselves, their stories, right, within within their businesses and, and their marketing because it just it makes people feel more connected to them. Um, but there are people that struggle with that because it's either they feel it's too personal or they're worried about being judged when they finally do it, tell a story or sometimes they think they're just downright, not interesting enough. So
1: everybody's interesting.
0: Yeah. But, but you could say that, how do you, how do you help bring that out in, you know, one of these workshops or just in one of your, somebody listening to you, like where they actually go, Oh wait, this, that has happened in my life or this, you know, human experience that I've had is actually interesting? What are like the prompts, I guess?
1: They just have to choose things that are like meaningful to them. That's really it. I mean, that's how I write too. You know, the poem that I was talking about earlier, you know, I'm only writing it because it's interesting to me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's something that moved me in conversation. I paid attention and I wrote it down. And then, uh, the poem started to kind of come to the surface and, Uh, That's what you have to do as a writer is just like pay attention to the things that move you. And if you're not like a writer on a regular basis, it doesn't change the formula. You just have to think of something in your life that was painful or difficult or joyous, you know, something that really like moved you. And if you write about that thing, you know, it will take on a life of its own. I think that th- those memories want to get out, you know, and they want to be shared um, that look being in Kenya. You know, I was like around this tribe called the Samburu tribe. And like, basically they've had the same culture for 450 years and uh, they have various things going on in their culture that I don't agree with, but they are a beautiful, beautiful people. And one of the things is that they are a part of the land. They are like a part of the ecology. And uh, I don't know, people in cities, we basically like remove ourselves from the ecology. We remove ourselves from nature. We make ourselves better than nature. And being with these tribes people and looking at their communities, you know, how beautiful their communities are and how much they rely on each other. Uh, you know, in America, communities have almost disintegrated for the most part. Now we have these like echo chambers where we're like, basically only connected to people who feel the exact same way as us. And we're never like, listening to people who feel any different way. And the election is a primary example of that. Um, and communities are important that have all sorts of different opinions and feelings. And um I guess my point is that's like in many ways put too much pressure on like the family environment. Yeah. And uh, and that's why I think a lot of the family environments are collapsing. It's, it's because of community. And I think community comes from shared storytelling. And so uh, pick something that's meaningful to you and share it with somebody that you want to get close to or somebody that you're already close to and you'll get closer to them. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. I'm just kind of talking shit.
0: No, it does. No, I love it. What's your, do you have when you, before you perform or speak in front of people, is there like, is there any kind of a ritual or something that you go through beforehand? Like, or is there an expected, not expected, but an intention that you have?
1: Uh, No. Not really. I mean, I, I have a ritual. I meditate twice a day. Um, I've been doing that for over a year. Um, I think quickly approaching a year and a half, and I haven't missed one. And uh, that definitely like puts me in a nice state. I have different things that I do in my life. But um, I feel like if I do those things in my life, then uh, wherever I'm performing and whenever I'm performing, I can just move into that state. Um there's no like specific intention I have because then I think I'm trying to control it. Yeah. And I don't I don't wanna try to control the outcome of a performance. Uh, you know, my hope is that people are able to connect and do whatever it is they want to do with the material. Um and other than that I think it's none of my business.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I like that a lot. Um, you know, I just wonder, you know, people will go out with the intention to whether it's persuade or somehow have some type of influence. And I wonder because, you know, I interview a lot of entrepreneurs that are speakers and there's always that what's, what's the call to action, you know, what is it that they're going to walk away with and do so, and because you're doing something that's different, you know, but it's, it is inspiring. I just wondered, you know, is there something that you're trying to, influence?
1: I have no agenda.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I have no call to action because I actually think that whoever it is that is listening will find their own call to action.
0: Right.
1: And I think it's presumptuous for me to put that on my audience. You know, I mean, I, I, I really, it's just a reflection of my experiences in my life. And I think that In that, I'm mirroring the human condition and then in that, whatever people see is what they're supposed to see Mm -hmm. and who who am I to tell anybody anything about their life but I can tell them about mine and hopefully in telling them about mine, they can see themselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. What What are some of your favorite books and who are some of your favorite thought leaders?
1: Uh, well, I'm looking at homo deus, you know, homo deus. No, that's the sequel to sapiens.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I don't even know if I'm saying it right. (laughs) (laughs) It's homo deus Deus, (laughs) deuce deuce. Anyway. Yeah. I'm reading this book right now, even though I can't pronounce the name I can read and it's a very good book. And Sapiens was an incredible book. It really, really affected uh, kind of how I view the world. And, um, and so that's, yeah, that's the thing that I'm reading presently.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, you know what else I'm reading is uh, Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I'm really, it's, I'm only like 40 pages in, but it's really fascinating. He's a really, really interesting guy. He's very smart. He's really talented, and he came from uh, a very specific environment, and was able to work his way out and and you know to basically like come into the light by being the light. Yeah, he's a really really awesome person, and so I'm like interested in reading his book and and being that I was just in South Africa uh, as well, it, it partially was inspired by that because I went and visited Robben Island where Mandela was in prison. And, oh wow. And I- yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a trip, so.
0: So, how often are you traveling, by the way?
1: Uh, like all I the time? say like 50 to 60% of the time. Um, well, I'd say probably more 50, yeah. I think okay. is a bit too much. And I think mm-hmm. if it gets to 70, I'll just start saying no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, what are some of your favorite experiences, you know, traveling and performing like are there any that stick out for you
1: um are there any that stick out I mean I could just talk to you about the the ones that I just went on um and yeah like I said I was in Dubai which is an amazing amazing place Uh, people kind of say Dubai is like the uh I don't know, Vegas of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that experience. I've gone twice this year. And uh, I have a great crew there, like a really good community. And I think like anywhere, you know, whether or not you enjoy a place is based on the people that you're with. And there's like some local people that I know that are just absolutely incredible. And so I got a chance to like experience Dubai from uh, what their artist culture is like. And, uh, so that was really, really awesome. And, uh, the shows that I did there were, were really great as well. And, um, and then I had three shows in Johannesburg and that was incredible. And it was my birthday while I was there, which was really, people that were hosting me, took really good care of me and showed me around the city. And, you know, people, I guess, judge Johannesburg as being a dangerous place as well, which, you know, I'm sure it can be, but that's not what I experienced either. Uh, I love the spirit of the people. And, um, and then going to Cape Town was, was unbelievable, and I saw penguins. And everywhere I go, I, I basically will travel around it because uh, I feel like that's a huge part of my inspiration is seeing the world and uh, getting outside of my comfort zone and um, breaking out of the box and moving the mirror. All of that stuff is what is going to help me to have a different perspective that I'm going to want to write on. Right. Um, and uh, And I think it just makes me more of a well-rounded person, so like I'll always like create trips around trips, so Johannesburg then turned into Cape Town and and turned into kenya and uh, and now I'm back, and I'm here for about a week and, and then I start traveling again and uh, we have a show on Friday that sold out in l a so I'm excited about that, and um, lots of uh lots of fun things coming up so.
0: Do do you ever uh, get nervous ever anymore or have you ever when you first began?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I used to get nervous all the time. I think that uh, as your experiences grow, the things that make you nervous uh, change. Mm -hmm. Um, I think part of it is personal stakes. So uh, if I have a real, I guess, expectation is the word, even though I don't like to have an expectation because it's too easy to get disappointed. But if I have like an intention for something and, and I have stakes on that intention, um, then I, you know, there, there are some moments where I definitely get nervous before things. Um, I was actually nervous to perform in Kenya because I was so humbled and inspired by the environment. I mean, you know, you're literally like five feet away from, uh, giraffes and elephants and a rhinoceros ran at our car, you know, like charged at our car and we saw lions. And, um, I mean, just really, I could just go on and on and, and then being, uh, with some of the tribesmen and, and getting to know them. And, um, I was just really humbled and inspired. And I, I had a few opportunities to perform there for, for different people, but I, I was nervous because I didn't feel like I had anything to say. You know, I just felt like I was so blown away um by what was going on that instead of speaking I needed to listen. And um so that was a situation where where I got nervous yeah. because you know, I, like I said I was just kind of humbled and inspired. Um yeah. And I used to get nervous a lot, but you just kind of work your way through it. It's like build, building a muscle, right? Yeah.
0: So you 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 travel a ton. You you pretty much get to go out there and and rock what you're so awesome doing and like and so passionate about. But there obviously there has to be like an operation behind NQ to like keep everything rolling and scheduled and going and, and all of that. What kind of, what kind of team
1: do you have behind you? Um, I have a great, uh, management team. I have a main manager and then I have a day-to-day manager. Uh, this guy, Kevin Heckmet is incredible. Love
0: Kevin. (laughs) Golly
1: and, um, and I have an assistant, which is awesome. And, you know, makes my life very easy. And, uh, then I have a great lawyer. I'm not going to like name everybody's names. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Lawyer. I have like a. A production company that I have like a, a publishing deal with, uh, so I have like a production house that I can go in and uh, write songs with, and then I have a publishing deal with with a company, and um, and then we we have different events that we do. So you know we have PR, we have uh, somebody that's starting to do social media stuff, and uh, production teams that we're working on. On uh, we have a major major event coming up that I'm not going to announce just yet, but uh, but we will very soon. And, um, so yeah, just making sure that we're dealing with really world-class people. I think it's very easy for people to view poetry as a niche art form. And I don't see it as that. I see it as, um, an art form that, you know, is really important for, uh, for this modern day, you know, politically, socially. Uh, for people to uh, let their voices be heard. And I think that it's just waiting for the right platform to really blow it up in popular culture.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, and it's it's really incredible how just the the rhythm, the words, all of it just, I mean, people just really immerse themselves into it instead of hearing, you know, just... There's just such a difference. There's just such a difference in like listening to you talk about something than if somebody just were to go up and give a talk, not that they wouldn't be incredible at what they're doing as well. But there's, I don't know, you, it's just this incredible gift that you have and how you, everything kind of comes full circle and you just weave it and tie it all together. I mean, obviously listeners want to know the the secret behind that, but I think it's just this organic thing that happens for you.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I think really it's like anything else. It's just a lot of time and passion.
0: Yeah.
1: And play. I think the three of those things. Oh, and love. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Play and love. And if you do anything, you know, long enough with those four elements, uh, eventually you just will arrive somewhere (laughs) where you just know how to do it. And and you're speaking in a unique voice because it's based on the time and the energy and the love that you've put in.
0: Right. So once upon a time, though, it was it was just you without a whole team.
1: Uh, yeah, but I always had various people along the way that that you know were were really supportive of me, um, and uh, I'm super grateful to that. I mean, I definitely didn't have any mentors in my life until much later or not people that were older or more successful than me. I just had kind of communities that were mentors to me, Um, but I didn't really start creating an infrastructure for myself until maybe three and a half years ago. I was doing most of the business stuff on on my own and um, that was fucking stupid because I'm not a businessman (laughs) or at least I had to learn how to be, a business person, and it and that was a that was a process. So um, it wasn't my my strong suit, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and that and that's with a lot of people. We're not all good at everything, mm-hmm. and so there's there's always that transitional time, that period where it's like you are kind of wearing all of the hats to get things up and running, and then you start to really get. Better at delegating and hiring people and understanding the value behind having other people take care of that stuff and not you, right? Do you have how do you keep yourself constantly learning and growing in terms of business, even if it's not you doing it, but in terms of just having the right people behind you? Um,
1: well. That's an interesting question. I mean, I don't know that I do anything specific. Um, I think that my philosophy on business is similar to my philosophy on creativity at this point, which is that uh, if I'm in a good place, then everything else will flow uh, very easily. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in a bad place, then everything else is going to be difficult or at least more difficult. And so I focus most of my energy on making sure that I'm growing and I'm balanced mentally and physically and spiritually and emotionally. And I find that when I'm balanced in that way, then business ideas come very easily and creative ideas come very easily. And then I'm able to express them and figure out a strategy to, to manifest them into reality um, by taking specific actions. So it's not like I you know, read a bunch of business books and, and try to figure it out that way. Um, more just focus on, uh, myself, you know, and then everything else just kind of happens on its own. It's a domino effect.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the big things coming up for the remainder of this year for you?
1: Oh, I can't even honestly,
0: (laughs) I know some, you can't say,
1: no i wasn't uh, even
0: yeah uh, okay
1: <laughs> I wasn't even uh, so we're, we're doing a huge show at uh at the ace theater in downtown los angeles
0: oh okay which
1: is 1600 seats and uh as far as i know it'll be the biggest poetry show you know at least in modern la history wow and uh and we have like literally a nine camera uh shoots, you know, with a 30-foot crane and we're going to be filming it and then trying to sell it as the first stand-up poetry special. Um, not stand-up in terms of, like, comedy, but just, you know, it's going to be a poetry special that we're going we're gonna to put out. So that's, like, very exciting. And I think a lot of the rest of the year is kind of gearing up towards that. I mean, there, there are so many shows in between and there's so much stuff going on. but uh, But that's definitely – like a, a real big dream of mine it's a beautiful beautiful theater uh you know it's a it was it's like the charlie chaplin theater charlie chaplin made it um oh, so cool but it like looks like it's something that dolly made and dolly's one of my my favorite artists yeah and so i just have always loved that theater and i always thought like oh, i would be incredible to do a poetry show there but i was like there's no way that we could sell this out and and, uh, and now it's happening. So it's, that's really nice. And, um, and I think it's going to be a catalyst for, for a lot of big things.
0: So – and people can find out all about you on your website, where you are, where to see you perform, videos, things that you've done in the past.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just in-q.com. In-q is short for in question. So that's an easy way to remember it. So it's in q com and I'm on social media and all of that good stuff and um you know find me
0: we'll have we'll have links to all of that good stuff on our awesome. on our blog post and show notes um you're you're just so rad
1: you're so rad
0: <laughs> what if
1: that was just the rest of the interview I was like you're so rad no, you were you're
0: like, so rad I was like oh, you're so <laughs> people
1: were like this sucks <laughs> <laughs>
0: I totally want to put you on the spot and make you do, like, a 30-second poem for us right now.
1: Well, are you going to?
0: (laughs) I want to, and so I will ask you. I'll I'll at least ask. So I'm going (laughs) to ask.
1: Sure, let me find something.
0: Okay. (laughs)
1: Find something simple. Freedom is scary, especially when you've been in prison your whole life. Often, people will do almost anything to return to the safety of confinement. That way, they don't have to worry about the future. But why worry about the future? You're going to be there. At a certain point, our boundaries become chains, and our chains become shackles, and our shackles become weights, and our weights become distractions, we're actually moving backwards. Our games become addictions, so our well-intentioned boundaries become glorious restrictions. It's gotten to the point where none of us can tell the fucking difference. Freedom is scary. So you pretend you have no fear. And the more that you pretend, the more imprisoned that I feel. But if everyone is lying, doesn't lying become real? They say the truth can set you free, but it can also get you killed. That's why we protect the prisons that we never knew we built, because if we didn't hate the system, then we'd have to hate ourselves. But my mama gave birth to a free man. I'm unattached to the things that I believe in because freedom is scary, but scary can be fun. We're so scared of being scared that it's scaring everyone. That's it. Short and simple.
0: So, so awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
0: Thank you. I'm going to come see you soon.
1: Amazing. That sounds pretty <laughs> good. And, uh, you know, much love to your whole audience and to you and, and to Draw Shop. And, yeah, I appreciate you.
0: We appreciate you so much. Thank you.
1: Okay, Summer. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.